And you know what? If you give something and you offer so if, if you offer something that's never been asked, mm. they don't owe you anything. A hundred percent. The karmic balance is they're free. Yes. They can do whatever you can give them a kidney. If they didn't ask for the kidney, you don't they don't owe you anything. They're, they don't even owe you a thank you because you offered it without being asked. <laughs> Backyards Convos. I'm Khadija. And I'm Shondor. And this is the week before, a few weeks before Christmas. Getting close. I know. I'm excited. And yeah. then we're going to be traveling back pretty soon. Yeah. I know we said that in the last episode, but it's... Every week we're getting closer. And yeah. And we're going to keep talking about it until it's Christmas time. I know. Christmas is a crazy expensive time. Ugh. The amount of money that you spend during Christmas time is insane. So we're starting the complaining early this episode. <laughs> we want to get that the way. right into it. want to get it out the way and then push on. I try not to think about it. I really just try to put all... I, I look at the credit card statement in December, and I'm like, that's just Christmas credit. You know, it's you don't have to insane. worry about it. I know. know. And, like, it's not just us. Like, a lot of people are, like, everyone's feeling. Everyone, Is yeah. feeling the whole, like, expense of December. Some people are not ready for Christmas because of, like, the financial part. Like, a lot of people are, like, mentally or whatever ready. Like, they're, like, ready, like, mentally, but not ready physically, like, financially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. It is a good point. Yeah. That's Be- something you don't realize as a kid. You know, you think about, what am I going to get? Yeah, yeah. And then as you're an adult, you're like, oh, gosh, how much do I have to give? <laughs> <laughs> we still have a few more people li- left on our Most list. Most of my list is it's still, still on Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really would want to convince your folks to do, like, Secret Santa or something. Well, you know, they got their things set up, and it is what it is. It's, yeah. It's always great. I mean, it's. I don't think we're going to have to worry about it. Yeah, my sister not said not to try to, like, convince you guys to do, like, what I want to do, which is totally true. Yeah, you don't need to come over and be like, all right, Papa and Mama, you've been doing Christmas wrong for the last 35 <laughs> years. Let me tell you how it's going to be. Exactly. Yeah, that would be, be awkward. Exactly. So I'm not going to do that, but I feel like it would save you guys a lot more money. Oh, if you guys did, If you guys did it the way that my family did it, it doesn't matter. Well, not really. Not really, because your family goes all out heavy for one person. Yeah. So, like, you know, with our family, you split it up, like, a little bit here, a little bit there. Mm-hmm. With your secret Santa, it's like, okay, you know, it's... Well, we also get, you get to choose what you want, too. Yeah. So, I mean, like, we could, we could have done, like, you just, we could have also done the option where we just choose a name and you just pick what you want to get for that person. That could be an option, too. Mm-hmm. But we did an option where we wanted to also just put whatever you want and then we can pick and choose what we want to get from it. We don't have to get everything from oh, the list. of course. And yeah. also, my family always chooses expensive things. We to can't get new phones for your family. We I, can't get new <laughs> phones for us. Like, we know. AirPods. Like, yeah. the things that are on their list is always, always. Well, but, I mean, it's nice to have, it's nice to want nice things. Yeah, you it know is what nice. I'm yeah. And it's so funny because when we, we have our list, it's always, like, minor, like, nothing, like, yeah. nothing, nothing crazy. We don't have a really great imagination <laughs> for those things. I think for a lot of things, is for me, it's to bring the stuff back. That's the problem. Yeah. It's because we have to, like, Get it from one place to the next place. And I did it last year. It's not. I shipped an entire computer back. I know. It was not that bad. <laughs> you were the one who had to pack it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did. I did all the packing. I went to FedEx and I did the whole shipping thing. Oh. So I can help you with that. It's not like. Oh. I, I'm sure our listeners are fascinated. I know, right? They're already like, okay, this is like, okay. <laughs> presents. <laughs> all right. Did you have anything you wanted to? I. 
don't even know. Okay. I, I think it's Christmas time. We're not going to complain about it because it's no. great. It's awesome to see our family. Family and hang out with friends. And yeah, yeah. And we love them. So There's it's like. a lot to look forward to. We don't have to really worry about the credit card. That's a 2024 problem. <laughs> Oh man, the New Year's resolution is coming up, and I'm just thinking about like the new the resolution I had this year, and like I have to edit like I wanted to do the Spartan race. You really did, yeah. That's not happening. Not a chance. No, it's not happening. It's, it's just yeah. Yeah, I've settled with it. I've I've been content with it. And I'm so really... when did you decide that we're not doing that? Was that like yesterday? Oh no, I got that like middle of the year, and I was yeah. like, I'm not doing that. We both kind of ballooned up a little. I, I mean, there's no way I can run a Spartan race. Yeah, I'm not even, like, physically ready. Like, like, last time when we did it, we were running every weekend. Mm. We were, like, pretty committed to, like, the bare minimum fitness the, goals. Yes, just the bare minimum. And now, like, this one, we're like, let's take a stroll around the park. <laughs> it's like, ugh. <laughs> that's not even, you can't even pretend like that's a workout. You no. can't even be like, yeah, bro, I did three laps around the park. Took me about four hours. It's like, you know, it's like, you can't, it's... Not justifiable. Yeah. No, not at all. I think I probably worked out like five times this entire year. Yeah. Well, maybe not. Maybe more than that. Ah, uh, we've been slacking. We have. It's so funny that I had like high goals for myself this year and like, yeah, I'm like, I crossed off maybe one or two things on my list, which is kind of sad because I was talking about it with everybody. I was like, what are your goals for this year? Yep, what are your goals this year? Yep. And this year, my, my goals were just like non-existent, but it's okay. Next year. Well, this year we were making a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. A lot of big moves. Yes. You were just getting settled in Florida. Yes. And then we moved out of the old apartment. Yep. And I'm going to really just keep milking those two things <laughs> to make it sound like we did more this year than we did. I know. We did We did some things. We just have to think about it. We did. And that's the thing. It's, yeah. We got to think about what we did instead of what we didn't do. Exactly. So. But. You know, those moves can take emotional tolls on you. They do, especially if you're not being emotionally supportive. Yeah. Like, if you're not feeling like you're getting support emotionally, you can have, like, you know, people have mental health issues all the time. Yeah. You know, and, like, get sad, like, all the time. Especially when it's just you and one other person out in this, you know, foreign state. Yeah. You know, you really kind of have to band together in a lot of ways and really support each other. Like, that, that move was really tough. It was. And I remember I was getting really frustrated. Yeah. And you were getting all frustrated. And we were both just like, Bleh! like all angry at each other. And William was all excited. He was like, oh, man, this is so great. You guys are doing your first apartment together. That's so cute. Are you having fun? And I'm no. like, no, I'm not. <laughs> it was just the two of us doing, moving in. Trying to figure it out. We got it done. I'm proud we of us. really well. We did good. After we did everything, after we like went back and forth a couple times and we got everything moved, we we did pretty well. We got all of our stuff moved out in that one van, and we got the van turned in just in time. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of chipped away at the remaining stuff. Yeah, it I was mean, a little stressful. It was. But what do you what what do you what's your definition of emotional support like or just mm. emotional like what you know what I mean? Emotional support. Now, we were throwing that term around, but we haven't really defined it, have we? No. I think it's probably giving or receiving. I mean, giving emotional support would be, you know, listening to someone's concerns. Mm -hmm. You know, you can show emotional support by doing physical things. You can yeah. show emotional support by being, oh, here's some tea, you know. But I think really like emotional support is listening to someone and discuss their emotions and help them handle the 
roller coaster of emotions that we all have. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. I feel like that's what it is too. And I feel like just being there, either being whether there. for someone's yeah. needs, whether it's you know, like people get you hear about people like committing. I'm not gonna no, say no word. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> say because I feel like. I mean, well, we're not going that dark. I mean, let's keep it. No, cool. yeah, definitely. People have little simple things that just get them really sad and deep into a hole, and then they get depressed about certain things, and like, and sometimes they need like support through that. Sometimes yeah. they need someone to check in with them. Sometimes they need someone just to say, "Hey, how you doing? How can I have a conversation with you?" Or sometimes people are stressed out, overwhelmed by like their day, and like they need someone just to, "Hey, how are you doing? How can I help you with that stress you're dealing with?" You know what I mean? And I feel like nowadays, like, emotional support by just a lot of people, like, by either your family or friends is kind of lacking. I feel like a lot more nowadays is not, I don't feel like, I mean, mental health is more newer compared to when I was growing mm -hmm. up. Yeah. Like, no one talked about mental health. Like, when, when I was in school, like, if you were sad, you were just sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was, like, a name for it. I, I distinctly remember... When I was working at uh, the dealership, mm -hmm. um, and I was sitting there, and I said, "Oh my gosh!" I literally thought to myself, "Oh, in that moment when I was sad back in the days, that was depression." Yeah, I was. Oh, I was depressed. I didn't really like had a name for it. I just knew I was sad. Yeah, and I was like, "You know what I mean?" And then I realized like mental health was not something that was really heavily talked about like when we were growing up. Yeah, yeah. I remember when my mom first discovered the term autism, hmm. and she was ahead of the curve. Yeah. And like nobody even talked about that. You know, ADHD was just starting to kind of become a thing. Yeah. Before then, it's like, oh, he misbehaves and we got to yell at him until he acts right. Yeah. So like a lot of these things that, you know, people struggle with were just, why can't you just be normal? Like that was kind of the approach. Like, yeah. how dare you be different? Yeah. And then it kind of went to the other end and it's like, oh, now we're going to put people in all these little boxes and they're going to say you're not normal because of this. And it's. It kind of keeps swinging back and forth. Yeah. But I think it's just not looking at the individual as a person. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, oh, this is so-and-so. Mm -hmm. You're going, oh, this is so-and-so autistic person. It's like you're putting them in a box. Yeah. Instead of just looking at them as an individual. Yeah. And some people cling, love to cling on to those things, oh, too. Yeah. They love to have a label on themselves. Like, oh, you know, rather than just being, I'm so-and-so. And this is, and then, you know, interact with them. And then you may pick up, they have, like, these issues. Like, they may be autistic, but you're not going to say, like, I'm so-and-so, I have autism. You just need to be like, hey, I'm so-and-so, and have a whole conversation with them. And then maybe find out that they're autistic or something yeah. like that, you know? And I feel like nowadays mental health is becoming very big, and everyone's going to therapy, everyone's trying to, like, you know. Well, it's become a really good business. Mm -hmm. Now they're, you know, they're pushing the pills, the therapy. I mean, BetterHealth.com, not sponsored, but they blew up, like, yeah. overnight. Like, almost every podcast I would listen to brought to you by blah, 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 blah. And it became, like, a really big industry in a yeah. lot of ways. And at the end of the day, it's like, you don't need to have an industry based around emotional support. That's what your friends and family are for. But sometimes you lack that. Nowadays, I feel like you don't have a lot of friends and family that want to reach out and help people. So you have yeah. to go to other people. And I did better help. And only for like two sessions. And I and feel like you I were did. being like the therapist to the therapist. Yeah, it's right? funny. It was really funny. Yeah, how? But then my wife left me and you're like, oh, gosh. It was funny, like being the therapist for him. Like it was really odd because I was like, I'm paying to actually be like I need therapy <laughs> and now I'm being your therapist and I've always been really good at like 
um, being like a therapist for people. Yeah. And I don't know what it was, but I've always been very good at like, you know, if people had issues or something like that, I was really a person people can come to, which is like, I just naturally like just sit in that void. Not that void, but like. No, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's just kind of like, that's the balance that you always have. Yeah. Like, I remember I would always have trouble, like, relating to people at parties. Yeah. Because they were happy and excited and having fun. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what the heck to say. Yeah. But then as soon as they find out one, like, bummed out, depressed person, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I can, I can actually have something to say. Because <laughs> I can have something more to relate to them on. Yeah. And I can, it's actually felt like more of a real conversation. Yeah. Because it's not just like, woohoo, yay. It's like, oh, let's talk about life, you know? Yeah. And a lot of life is pain, you mm-hmm. know? So I think that's where we both kind of gravitated towards those things because, you know, it feels like there's something we have a better understanding of. Yeah. Or just more comfortable with it. Yeah, maybe. exactly. And I feel like, so that's what emotional support is. It is just being there, uh, being a friend, being someone who's, you know, helping someone in need. Yeah. Um, so that that was what it is. And I think that male and females, the way that they kind of, sh- sh- men, I feel like, I don't know if the men can maybe, do they? I feel like now it's different. But I think back in the days, men never really did the emotional thing. Oh, no okay. one, guys generally don't want to be around a sad dude. Okay. Like if you're hanging out with the boys and someone's sad, generally, you know, it's gotten better, but yeah. for the most part, it's like, bro, we're having fun. What are you moping around for? Like, yeah, have off. a beer. Yeah, like that's kind of the. It's not like this whole thing of someone coming to you and saying, "Oh, what's wrong?" Mm-hmm. That's not really what guys do. Yeah. If with, with guys, if you say, "Hey, man, you know, I'm really bummed out," mm-hmm. then they're gonna be like, "Oh, okay, let's talk about it." But this whole thing of like, now what's going on? <laughs> what's going on with you? Like, that's not really how it works. Yeah. And I think that's just how guys also interact with women. Yeah. If women are like, you know, if, if this guy's around a girl and she's like sad or mopey, they're just like, oh, weird. You yeah. good? Yeah. All right. She must be good. You know? And it's so funny because it's the complete opposite for women. I feel like women have more of a... Much better understanding. Better understanding and a bigger, like emotional support system yeah. in place like you know like if you're not like doing well you got someone who's gonna check on you, your mom your grandma your uh, maybe your friend if you're really good and close with your friend maybe they may check in on you and I feel like you know you always hear when girls go to the bathroom together as a group like a, yeah, yeah yeah as a group they'll go to the bathroom together to gossip to talk to kind of like be their support and I feel like women have always been really good at that and I feel like men have not been so good at that, but like not like bad, but just because like that's just how they. Well, men just don't have a, a developed emotional understanding. Mm-hmm. That's really just what it is. Yeah. Like. Or you guys just choose not to like. Well, it just I guess it just for men, it doesn't really factor into daily life as mm-hmm. much. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. if you're at work and you feel sad. Yeah. What they're gonna probably do is go, well, stop it! You're slowly, you're not, you're not working quick enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. being sad doesn't have any benefit at work. Yeah. You know? It's of just, course. And that's where men, you know, like, a lot of our uh, image of ourselves is defined through our work. Mm-hmm. So if you're sad at work, you should probably just knock it off. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And I feel like it's changing a little bit now. It's getting more open. People are, like, kind of talking about, like, they're, like, into therapy. Oh, yeah. And that's great and, like, you know, Yeah. I just think even from like a young age, you know, little boys aren't taught to get in touch with their emotions. 
No. That's even just like the way that it sounds. It sounds almost like new age, mm-hmm. you know. But but yeah. for girls, it's like, oh no, how are you feeling? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Guys don't really ask that. How are you feeling? Like, what's your emotions like? It's like, yeah. Well, either you're fun to be around or you're not. <laughs> yeah. And when you go back to when you were saying like how like men also do it to women as well, like. If a woman is kind of sad, like, you guys kind of stay away from her. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, like, hey, let me try to comfort you and figure out what's going on. Well, because generally, if a woman's kind of sad, it's probably because she's mad at her man. <laughs> and that's just how we interpret it. Oh, that's how you interpret it? Yeah. It's like, hey, everything okay? Yeah. That's usually the answer. That's the exact interaction for when a woman's mad at her man, <laughs> and he's trying to talk to her, and she shuts him down. You good? Yeah. Everything all right? Yeah. That means she's mad at her man. But I also feel like the way that, like, men also, like, I feel like you guys don't give us room to, like, come to you guys with our emotion. Because, again, you guys don't, like... How do you mean that? I don't... Well, I feel like, yeah, you guys come to us and say, like, oh, are you good? But sometimes, later, there might be things leading up to that beforehand where you can tell, like, it's not a good time to bring up your emotions to them. You know what I mean? Mm. Or you feel like you feel like you might be a burden to that person. Or you may feel like bringing your emotions to this person is going to, like, you know, make them annoyed with you. You know okay, what I mean? Okay, I see. It's not coming with an open arm. It's not coming with, like, a, hey, are you okay? Like, you know, like, comforting. It's more like, what's wrong with what's you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> and it's like, uh, okay, that's not what I want well, right see, now. that comes down to how men look at things. Yeah. They're like, all right, what do I got to fix? There's something broken, where do we fix it? You know, yeah. like, let's talk about fixing. Let's, let's talk about solutions. Yeah. And that's not emotional support. No. Coming up with a solution is not emotional support. No. It is not emotional support. And I feel like that's the reason why sometimes men and women always kind of have that. But they always, it's never, it's an odd, like, interaction when it comes to, like, exp- expressing to, like, their partner that, hey, I'm not doing well. I need your help. Like, whether yeah. it's. It's being stressed out, whether it's need help with like something in at the house, or whether it's like just, you know, overwhelmed. You know. But isn't it also that person, at least partially, that person's responsibility to communicate this? If you come to someone and you go, they didn't read my mind, <laughs> they didn't realize that I wasn't doing well. It's, I mean, isn't don't you have to, like, if I'm having a rough time. Yeah. And someone says, how's it going? And I, I honestly say, not great. It's not awesome right now. Yeah. Then I'm opening that conversation. Yeah. I'm allowing that person to be there for me. Yeah. If I just say, fine, wonderful, and then I get mad, they didn't realize it wasn't fine and wonderful. Isn't that kind of unfair to that person? I agree with that point. It's unfair when someone's literally coming to you and asking you, hey, how you're doing, and you're literally like... And you block them out? I agree. That part was like... That part's not great. But it also, like, I think every, like, individual understands, like, how the capacity. Yeah. Like, how much can this person take? If I come to you every single day... <laughs> if I come to you every single day with an emotional, like, issue that I have going on, yeah. you would reach a capacity really quickly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, sometimes, a lot of times, men already reach their capacity... And so when you bring up more things for them to, like, tell, like, oh, I need support with, they get annoyed. And, you know, because of that, then you realize that you can't really have those conversations. I like how we're 
phrasing this as men and women, but it's really just you and me. <laughs> Same thing. We're men and women. So. No, that's what's so fun is we're kind of exploring these bigger things through our own interactions, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I think that's where you're completely right. I mean, in order for someone to be able to be comfortable mm-hmm. asking for emotional support, there has to be an environment that's, you know, conductive of that. Yeah. It can't be like, you know, we're always yelling at each other and screaming, no, shut up, you know. I don't understand why she's going to feel comfortable expressing <laughs> her emotional problems to me. Like, it's like, how does that work, you know? Yeah. There has to be, like, that open-door policy. Yeah. But I think it's also, like, you know, if you if the door is, you know, open, you still can knock a little bit, you know? Yeah, I mean, if the person comes to you and say, hey, I'm having, like, you know, you say, hey, what's going on? And then, it, you know, you, like, don't, tell the person what's going on, maybe you just don't feel like you feel comfortable telling that that person. But then, like, how do you, how do you find that balance between, like, hey, I should, you know, be open, but then also, like, understand this person's receptive and, like, like a... That's a good question. Because that really, that is the key term, the balance right there. Mm -hmm. How do you find the balance? Because it's, like, it's also the same thing. You know, you can't, like constantly some people like you know my mom we all have people like this in our mm-hmm. lives and there there's friends in that person's life who just come to you as an emotional parasite in yes. a lot of ways you got people who are just like i'm only gonna call up you know i'm only gonna call this person up when i'm miserable and depressed mm-hmm. so then every time i had a friend like this in high school he was the worst mm-hmm. He was a parasite, yeah. and he had a really rough go of things, so I tried to be there for him, yeah. but I, every time, he would call me up and be like, hey man, how's it going? And he'd go, <sighs> and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, so obviously you're not happy. Yeah. And then it would be a three, four hour long conversation with this guy just double barreling me several weeks, you know, several days a week with how miserable he was and how depressed he was and how he hated his life and blah, 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 blah. And when things were going well, when he would get his, like, you know, long-distance gamer GF or whatever, yeah, radio silence. Not even, uh, like not a, even a single text. Wow. But then as soon as things were going bad, oh, here we go, the parasite's back. Mm. So that's where, like, you have to draw boundaries with emotional support. Yeah. Because there are some people who will just use you as a parasite. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's also the thing. Like, I feel like sometimes... Like, me and you both, we draw to people that just want to just... They need help. Yeah, they need help. And, like, we just tend to, like, be the person that they can, like, rely on. But we have never really been, like, where we can, like, have... Go to other people for things when we need it. We can. We can. It's more difficult. It's more difficult. But you're right. There is that boundary, like, between... So, the first thing is... You being the support for the person, how yeah. do you draw that boundary and say, hey, this is my capacity, this is all I can take, without also not being, like... Callous? Callous, and then also being, like, um, not like not being inviting. Well, I think if you're constantly giving, mm-hmm. and you start to resent the person you're giving things to, mm-hmm. that's a clear lo- indication that the line is not being set. Right. Like that friend I was talking about. He was never there to support me. Mm-hmm. It was always me supporting him. Yeah. And so it became like a, 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 a dreaded situation where he would call me and I'd be like, oh gosh, here we go. And that's because there was no reciprocation. 
Right. And so I think at the end of the day, you should give as much as they're willing to give back to you. Right. So I've had the same scenario as well where I've had friends come to me. I've had one specific friend that I've always mm-hmm. been there for her. She needs something. Like, she didn't have to say yeah. much. All she had to say you was... You would offer before it was ever asked. I always offered before it was even asked. Like, hey, you got this. Like, she would literally hint at something. Yeah. And I'd automatically just get into the role of, like, I'm about to help you. And you know what? If you give something and you offer something, if you offer something that's never been asked, mm. they don't owe you anything. A hundred percent. The karmic balance is they're free. Yes. They can do whatever. You can give them a kidney. If they didn't ask for the kidney, you don't. They don't owe you anything. They're, they don't even owe you a thank you because you offered it without being asked. But I mean, it, yes, they don't owe you anything. But uh, the common courtesy. Yeah, there's decency. Decency is just to be like, hey, thank you. But I think maybe that's like another principle is, you know, maybe that's where, you know, I was kind of coming from before with mm-hmm. you have to be willing to ask for support. Yeah. If it's just constantly giving support with never being asked, then you get that offset relationship. Oh, like yeah. We've all been through with yeah. friends and everything else. Yeah. When you're just constantly giving and then you never get back. And the person that you're giving to doesn't even understand how much you're giving mm-hmm. because that's just the basis of your relationship. Yeah. Oh, I complain, then they give me things. Right. You know? Yeah. And so I had to cut her off. Yeah. We have not spoken for, like, a good chunk of the year. I didn't even wish her a happy birthday. That was how, like... That's a big thing for you. That is a big thing for me because I'm a huge person of always, like, trying to say happy birthday to a lot of people. Like, if I know it's your birthday, I will say it to you, like, send you a text message. Happy birthday. I didn't even send her a text. And we've been friends for a long time. Yeah. I had to cut her off because I was like, hey, I'm tired of constantly giving and just not receiving ever. Like, I always give and there's never a time in her mind that she feels like, oh, hey, let me check in with you. How are you doing? And, like, it's always me reaching out. Even for my birthday. When my birthday came around, like, she did not, like, even... The only time she was like send me a happy birthday is when I posted on Instagram like days later. Yeah. But it's my birthday, and we're like we're supposed to be friends. We're supposed to be close. And we weren't. We really weren't. Well, I think maybe. Do you th- how different do you think that dynamic would have been if you asked for her support? If you opened yourself up, and you said to her, "Hey, I need your support right now." That would have changed the dynamic just a little bit. Oh uh, yeah. Chances are she would have been just like short circuited and wouldn't quite know what to do. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at the same time, you you need to ask. Yeah, I agree. But I feel like I also struggled with the asking portion because I feel like a lot of times I've always been a very independent person who's always really trying to do things on my own. I was a, I act like a middle child. Yeah. I acted like very much like a middle child where I was very independent, where I didn't really need a lot of help from a lot mm-hmm. of people. So I try to do things on my own without having to ask. And um, But as I got older, I realized, like, hey, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. It's okay to, like, not have everything and need the help from somebody but i also feel like sometimes when you come with the asking situation like you get like it's scary you're being vulnerable you're being vulnerable that's not the hard part it's the hard fact that like sometimes when especially when you come from a person who's always been an independent person to be very vulnerable like to open up sometimes people like like oh ha 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 now you need my help you know what i mean and like put it in your face they like sound like horrible people oh no no but just imagine like someone who's independent don't need anybody and they're finally coming to someone and say hey can you help me yeah you know what i mean it, like you may not say ha 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 but you may be like oh now nah, you need my help you know what i mean like you may like yeah yeah but like that's one portion where you also got to find that boundary you have to find that boundary between like when you're the person who's inviting someone yeah. to like uh, share their emotional problems with you. You gotta find that boundary where you're like, oh hey, I can't be 
I, I can only give this much. Yeah. And exactly. as and I want to reciprocate. If I'm not feeling well, I want to come to you. Have to. It has to be a two way street. You know what I mean? Exactly. But I also feel like, as a person who never really asked for support and like is asking for support, and like I personally feel like, I, have kind of. I don't, I don't have a lot of people that I can go to yeah. when I have like issues, when I'm not, when I'm feeling sad, when I'm feeling stressed out, when I'm feeling overwhelmed. I don't have a lot of people I can go to. And I feel like I also feel like, number one, I don't want to be burdened. I don't want to burden people with my issues. And number two, I feel like I don't have a lot of people that I can actually go to. But I think you do have those people. You just don't feel comfortable going to them. Maybe. I mean, Maybe. I think a lot of people in your lives would be very excited at the opportunity for you to open up and ask for support. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, dang, oh, finally, finally, I can provide something, you mm-hmm. know? And I think it's just that block of not being comfortable asking. Mm-hmm. And that's fine, it's, it's, that's very normal. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end of the day, people want to be useful. They want to be helpful. They want to be able to provide something. But if there's like this person that they're trying to help has this wall, this stone wall, and they're like, you shall not penetrate my wall, <laughs> but I demand your, I need your help, but you cannot penetrate my wall. It's like, what do you know? <laughs> so I think what you, I would really recommend is just reaching out. What's the worst? What are they going to be like, ha ha, you need help, you need yeah. support. Yeah. <laughs> like, Especially if you put up a wall for so long. like well, you got to tear that shit down. That wall yeah. has no benefit to anyone. You know? Yeah. And I feel like sometimes when you can go to, like, sometimes you may have a person you can actually go to, but sometimes you don't want to be a burden to them. Yeah. You know, you don't want to overwhelm them. You don't want to, like, constantly have something to come up with to, like, you know. And it's a balance. Sometimes you really need to talk to them about something, but you also don't want to feel like a burden. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's good to just check in on people and your friends. Like You're right. I feel like it's good to just check in on them because sometimes you may never know. Like, they may be really sad one day and, like, decide to, like, you know, you know, they might make poor decisions. Very poor decisions that, like, you know, you may miss them later on. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's good to check in on your friends. And I think that, like, if you need help, it's okay to just let go of that pride or let go yeah. of that feeling of, like, being vulnerable and understand that it's okay. It's literally okay to ask for help. Exactly. And even if they think that, like, haha, you need help now or whatever. I don't think people that are in your life who actually care about you are going to be like, oh, yes, finally, ha ha ha. I don't think anyone thinks like that. They're actually going to care for you. Oh, cool. wait, if they actually care for you, this is a key word. Like, if they actually care for you, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, now you need my help. You know what I mean? But I feel like in the person who has always been independent, in their mind, they're thinking, ah, being needing help is weakness. It's a sign of weakness. It's a sign of like... We're not I, in the squid games here. <laughs> like, come on. Like, I know. I, I, I get what you're saying. I completely agree. You, it, It's everyone's responsibility to reach out to people in their lives and go, hey, y'all cool? Mm-hmm. And it's also the person who's, who needs help. Who needs help. It's It really is... They have to be able to reach out and say, no, not really. Yeah. How many times have you talked to someone and you're like, how's it going? Oh, great. And you know it's not great. Yeah. You know they're just saying that to end the conversation. Mm -hmm. They're not going to, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about what's bothering them. Or they feel like it's not, they may not feel comfortable talking about it. Yeah. Maybe they're still uneasy with the situation themselves, you know? Exactly. Mm -hmm. But I think that's where at the end of the day, for there to be any emotional support, giving or receiving, 
the walls kind of have to come down a little bit. Yeah. You can't give emotional support if you're keeping someone at a distance. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to comfort you, but instead of a hug, I'm going to awkwardly pat you on the shoulder at <laughs> arm's length. They're there, and it's all good. No, 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 don't get too close. I don't want to be vulnerable. You might stab me. It's like, how is that supportive in any way? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you need that, like, community, you know what I mean? And but you, it all starts with putting those shields down just mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And if you don't put those shields down, there's no way to form any relationships, any bonds. You can't connect with another human being unless you say, yeah, you might stab me in the back. You might betray me. You might use everything that I just said against me because I did something that you took the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And now you hate me for something I didn't even intentionally do. Yeah. That's what the shield's coming down are. You're mm-hmm. saying in order to have any sort of connection, I'm gonna roll those dice and take that risk. Yeah. And if you're not willing to do that, then it's kind of like an empty sort of shell of a life, you know? Mm-hmm. So. Where you're constantly just being the strong, tough person. Well, not even the strong, tough person, the sad, scared person. Because you're too scared to let your emotions, to let your emotions be involved. Mm-hmm. You're too scared to put down your shield. Yeah, I mean, that person could be scared. Like, they yeah, could be... What else is that motivating factor? What's Aside from fe- the fear of being hurt, mm-hmm. what keeps those shields in place? Is it because you're just so much cooler than everybody else in the world? And no. you're just not cool enough to get into my emotional graces? <laughs> no, it's, it's fear of being hurt. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And so you, you see people, and they're the most bitter, angry, like... You look at them and you're like, my goodness, how do you function? Yeah. It's because they're scared. Yeah. That's all it is. Oh. People don't generally wake up and say, I hate everybody, unless they were hurt. Mm, that does make a lot of sense, actually. So it's not like the strong ones put the shields up. No, it's the scared ones. It's the scared little kids is what it is. It's, isn't it? Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know how many people that like are put up a lot of walls. So I, I don't know. I just, you know, like. I think putting up a wall does protect you from, you know, like if you put up a fence, like real life, if you live in a house and you put up a wall or a fence, you're protected. You're not doing that because you're trying to have people over. No, you're you're not doing, you know, you're trying to invite people over, you're doing it because, yeah, you're trying to protect yourself, yeah. Come over to my party, it's the house with a 14-foot tall chain link fence. It's like, that sends a message, you know. Yeah, and it definitely, you have to open up those walls and be willing to trust and roll the dice, and if someone does mess you over you just have to just kind of but you like feel that individual person wasn't mm-hmm. so great yeah you don't Rather have to say group. yeah oh it's everyone everyone in this world like that's kind of you know yeah it's it's a way of isolating yourself which actually may put you in like put you make it make poor decisions and like you know do things you probably wouldn't have done if you actually reached out to people yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then you know if you're if you're sitting in your your fortress of solitude with your barbed wire fences and you've got your sniper rifle just ready for someone to come knocking at your door. And then you sit there and you start crying because no one's coming in (laughs) and no one wants to say hi. It's like, well, you put up the walls yourself. You put those fences up. And you tell people to, you got a big sign, go away. And they don't stop by and invite you to the potluck you kind of sort of have to take responsibility for that one. 
Yeah, it's contradicting. It's very contradicting. Yeah, because yeah. everyone wants to have someone come in. Yeah. Everyone, no one wants to have the walls. Yeah. Everyone wants someone to climb over those walls and give them a hug. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. But you can't expect someone to climb over your 12-foot high barbed wire fence as you hurl, like, beer bottles at them <laughs> with insults. Get away! Get away! I don't want to watch you here! Yeah. Why doesn't anyone give me a hug? You know, you can't have it. You have to, you have to at least give them a, a little, like, hole in the fence, you know? Yeah. Something. You don't got to throw the gates open, but if, if someone says, how you doing? You say, Fine. There's no hole in the fence. Yeah. You're just like going, okay, well, I guess there's the, the fence is electrocuted now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to just, you know, hey, you want some space? There you go. You yeah. Know? And it's so interesting, like, because, like, I feel like it's contradicting. Like, you're like, oh, I want the help and support. But I don't want to be emotionally vulnerable. Yeah. It's like you really can't have it both ways. No, you can't. And you just have to like let that go. Just yeah. like try your best to let it go. And I know it's hard to let it go because it's just like if you're so used to always putting up a fence and a, and you're constantly a builder who just keeps building yeah. a fence, and you're just so used to building a fence. Like, what are you're, you gonna do? Like, you're at home, you're bored. Oh, I'm gonna make that fence three layers deep. You know? Yeah. And it's comforting. It's really yeah. comfortable. Yeah. You're miserable and you're angry and you're sad, but you're comfortable mm. because no one's getting in there to hurt you yeah but you're also just like scrooge mcduck in his big you know <laughs> cavern full of gold it's like yeah. well what good is it yeah what good is your comfort if you're miserable right and um yeah so if you're not feeling well i think it's good to just you know let down your pride say hey i'm not if, whether it's whether it's with people you know close to you or if it's just even start by going to therapy or if, go to a bar Go to a bar and have a few drinks, and then just start talking to somebody. You don't ever have to see them again. I've been to some bars where I've had some very emotionally supportive conversations. I've been on the giving end and the receiving end. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I remembered parts of it. Yeah. And then I said, guess I can't go back there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, that's what it is. There's different ways. Mm -hmm. There's different ways to be emotionally vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And as long as you, whatever your tactic is, just do it. Yeah. Just let your guard down. And worst case, someone goes, oh, this guy, this sad sap, he, he was crying in the bar and it made everyone uncomfortable. So what? Yeah. Who cares? Don't live your life in fear of what other people say. Go yeah. out and let yourself be vulnerable. I think it's good to be open and vulnerable. Let's say someone, like, let's just say, like, if you, it's good to do that, but, like, the, I think the first step is just taking, like, just talk. I think therapy would be a good first step for someone. Like, I think just going to someone who you have to, like, talk to about your emotions, that's the first step of being vulnerable. Like, you know, sometimes you may not can't talk to your family because you've already put up that wall so high that, like, it's just going to be awkward. Maybe you put that wall up because of your family. You There's all put, sorts of opportunities. Yeah. You could put that wall up and it just becomes so, now it's just so awkward if you ever dare come and like say hi. It's like, oh, what's wrong? There's something. Why, why aren't you behind your wall? Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, and it's like, sometimes you just need to start by going to therapy first and starting there, you know, even if it's something small, something well, really small. Just as long as you can look at your wall mm -hmm. and see that it's there. Yeah. So many people, I mean, we both have walls. Mm-hmm. And unless you take a step back and you look at it, you don't even know it's there. Mm -hmm. And you can 
everyone else. Mm-hmm. Everyone else doesn't want, nobody wants you. <laughs> nobody wants to invite you to the party. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you have to be the one inviting people to the party. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you have to be on the opposite end, yeah. And it sometimes takes an extra step. Like, you have to sit back and take the extra step to even realize that, hey, maybe I should be the one inviting that person over. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, all I can say from personal experiences, mm-hmm. whenever someone says, how's it going, and I'm actually honest, yes. when I'm not doing well, yeah. and things aren't going great, and I say, well, it's not awesome. Mm-hmm. Usually the follow-up question is like, well, let's talk about it. As long as you're honest. Yeah. You don't have to, you know, we're, we're trained. I am fine. How are you? The yeah. sky is blue and it might rain later. That's what we're trained to do. I feel like we have been trained ever since we're little. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, oh, and you, you see someone say, hi, how are you? And then the answer, the answer is more, it's always, I am fine. How are you? <laughs> always. It's, the, the answer is never, how are you really doing? The answer is like, generic response activated. Polite like, question, initiated. Yes. And I feel like like the older generation have to learn how to break that down. And like, hey, listen, it's okay. Especially like the newer generation, I feel like they got that down. They have it down where they're just talking about their emotions all the time. And they're like, hey, I'm not feeling well. You're not feeling well, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're yeah. really good at like Well, just, let's not give the younger generation too much credit because they're like. <laughs> I want to give them credit where it's due. Like, I'll they, give them credit. But I mean, it's like, I'm not feeling this job. And then they quit. And it's like, guys, you, got, you, you do realize homelessness is a possibility. <laughs> I'm just not feeling this homeless it's not shelter. The vi- it, it's not the vibes. The yeah. vibes are off. The vibes are off. And I just thought I should get paid for talking about my feelings. Like that's, where there's a, that's where it gets a little bit too extreme. Yeah, you got the, the, you got the balance. It's always been the balance. And you sure as heck don't want to be the person at work. We'd be like, hey, Barbara, how's it going? Oh, it's so hard. My husband doesn't love me and my kids don't stop. Oh, geez. Oh, Barbara's at it again. It's only 7.30 in the morning. Okay. Well, Barbara, you know, uh, insert generic reply here. I'll be praying for you. And then you run. You you get out of that. that I'm kind of curious. Zone. Why do men do that? When women get emotional, why do you guys, like, run? I'm just kind of curious. That, that's something I kind of... Because they don't know how to fix it. Uh. If it was like, so-and-so did this, I have this issue, I need to have a solution. Yeah. And we're like, okay, well, yeah, pull up, the, pull up a seat, grab a beer, and uh, well, it's a relationship issue, so we'll get the bottle of bourbon, and we'll <laughs> talk about it, and we'll figure out what the next step is. That's how it is. It's problem-solution yeah. orientated. Got it. The My feelings thing, yeah. It's how do you fix that? Like, there is no fixing it's, it's, No, no, you can fix, you can definitely fix a, that type of stuff, but it's not a, it's not straightforward. It's not like one plus no, one equals two. No, you're right. It's very much like a long-winded route. Like, if you're taking a route, it would go, like, all the way around and, you know, eventually come back. But and then you go off on a Skype tangent then, about how your dad was, you know, yelled at you one time in the third grade. <laughs> You know. And you go off on extra tangents and extra tangents. Oh, and, and that reminds me of what Linda said to me three months ago. And I think she doesn't like my hair that day. So, <laughs> yeah, then it's like, oh, oh, you're sad because, you know. All these other things. <laughs> but then it's always a very simple solution. It's like, oh, yeah. you're sad because nobody asked you how you felt. Yeah. That's really what it was. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys just, like, promise like, that's the reason why you guys kind of don't, like, like. We don't do emotions very well because we just don't understand them. Mm. 
Do you guys want to understand them? Do you guys care oh, to understand well, them? Well, I mean, it depends on who you ask, but mm-hmm. understanding emotion is very important. Yeah. Regardless of men, women, in-between folks, whatever <laughs> whatever the thing is, understanding emotion is like cooking. Yeah. It's not like cooking and emotion. They were both relegated to women. Mm. But now it's like, no, it's basic survival skills. Yeah. Everyone needs to learn how to cook. Everyone needs to have some emotional intelligence. Yeah. Or else you're just going through life and you're probably the person everyone hates, you know, <laughs> yeah. if you don't have any emotional intelligence. Yeah. And it's always been frowned upon, just like cooking. Cooking was fra- – oh, you're a man and you're a cook. This is like the 50s. I know. know. Isn't but, that crazy? Yeah. But it's still not that long ago. No, it's not. It's only been like a few month, few years. A few years. Yeah. I mean, even in like the 80s, like, oh, a man is in the kitchen. That's where the women are. Ha, 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 ha. That's what our parents grew up with. Yeah. That's what our elder siblings grew up with. Yes. And now it's like this emotional thing, and just like cooking, it's becoming acceptable. Oh yeah, men are both cook- men and women. A lot. Way. It's so interesting. I feel like a lot more men are dominating the cooking realm more than women now, which is interesting. I, every time I see like a cooking thing, I feel like the man is like just really good at it. Like I ah. was gonna make an old school sexist joke, but I did not. Okay. <laughs> Well, but yeah, and I feel like the, the, the gap can be bridged. I feel like yeah. if men do come to women and they ask how you're doing, I think it's best to like actually answer as a woman honestly, honestly. how you're feeling. Because that's their own, that's probably going to be your only chance to actually express yourself. You know what I mean? They yeah. may not come back to you again. They may not ask you again. Because if, if you, the question is, how are you doing? How's it going? Fine. No, no, really, how are you doing? I'm fine. That's a clear go-away signal. Yeah. So if there's no honesty, mm-hmm. like we said at the beginning, yeah. most men are going to be like, oh, geez, what did I do this time? Mm-hmm. Why is she mad at me now? Yeah. And then they're going to go, okay, well, she's probably mad at me for something. I'm yeah. going to just leave her alone. I'm going to give her some space because clearly she's mad at me and doesn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And usually that's not the case. But I feel like if yeah, guys come to you and they ask you how you're doing, the best policy is just to be honest and say how you're feeling. You're fine. And then after that, then go from that's how you bridge that gap. That's yeah. That gap can be closed between men and women. Right there. Yeah. Just be honest and don't like say it's fine when it's not fine because now you're having this whole well, now game. You're lying. Now yeah, you're, you're lying. Dishonest. You're being lying and you're dishonest. And also you're playing a game. You're wanting them to ask you more time so that way you can say yes how you're feeling on the like third try. Like no one has time for that. Well, not even that. But then also there's the other side mm-hmm. where you literally just want the guy to go away. Yeah. You're like, give me some space, dude. Don't you get it? Like I'm yeah. trying to make you go away. Yeah. And so now we're like, we're gonna flip a coin. Like, oh, is it because she wants me to ask her again, or is because she wants me to go away because I'm irritating her? Right. So I think that just to be to make everything easier and smoother without there any complication between getting emotional support if you actually need it, if someone is asking you like what is wrong, just tell them. That way, you just their like problem solution. You know what I mean? Just that applies to men on men, women on women, women men. You know, all people. If mm-hmm. if someone actually asks you how you're feeling, might as well be honest. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. I think that was a good episode. We solved mental health. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you guys like that, tune in for other episodes. But uh, we also have Instagram. So you can see us at Backyards Convos Podcast on our Instagram. We have so many followers there, by the way. Um, other than that, be safe, be cool. See you guys next week. Bye.
You got anything else you want to say? Yeah, I'm not feeling good.